0: This is Generation Space, the official podcast of Air Force Space Command.
1: Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Master Sergeant Dave Sanlitri, and welcome to to another episode of Generation Space, where we're on the road again, talking GPS-3. We're here at gorgeous Cape Canaveral Air Force Station, and I got some uh, awesome subject matter experts next to me. Uh, Sir, if you want to introduce yourself, talk to a little bit about what you do here.
0: Yeah, uh, so I'm uh, Lieutenant William Gleason. I work... uh with the 45th Range Squadron at, for the 45th Space Wing. I'm the Range Operations Commander for this mission.
1: Okay, cool, cool. And I'm Jack Bauer.
2: I'm a Mission Assurance Engineer for the 5th SLS. So uh, specifically for the Delta rocket, I cover
1: the first stage. Isn't Jack Bauer a spy, international man of mystery? You're not supposed to talk about that. Okay, my bad. There we go. And that's the first time I got shot on the show. Cool. (laughs) So, uh, talk to me a little bit about what's going on when it comes to GPS-3. We're uh, hopefully not that far out from the launch. And uh, like, talk. What's talk to us about the nuances of either the mission or you know this rocket behind us wants to take that one so i'll start off so for gps specifically uh it's the last
2: four meter for a delta it's actually the last single stick for a delta as well so uh some nuances with that um slapping on the solid rocket boosters as it's going up from here on out we're just gonna be doing delta heavies um also with the processing uh we're right about a month just shy of a month out
1: from uh from launching this rocket so hopefully we're uh, proceeding forward so uh when you say, so the last of the single stick, uh, like what, what's the historical significance, uh, or even like the for, what new with going to the heavy? What is that? Why is that good? Uh, well, it just depends on mission specific requirements.
2: So where they're going, how much we're launching up in into orbit, where where specifically in orbit it's going. So uh, the the follow on launches are, are all heavies. They're all NRO requirements. So um, it's just a
1: different mission requirement. Okay, cool, cool. So what with uh, with the rock? You know well and that's a cool thing to say but like well, what, what talk to talk to us about uh, working at the rock range ops center like what, what what's the role that that has into uh, launch
0: yeah so um, really the whole mission of the range is to make sure that the flight of the vehicle and the spacecraft uh, are uh, safe for the general public as well as space for uh, safe for the satellite itself so our big mission essentially is monitoring the vehicle while it's in flight and tracking it and making sure it's on its nominal trajectory uh, so that we can get the spacecraft to its uh, intended orbit. So one of the biggest responsibilities that we have as part of the range is uh, on the mission flight control officer. So they're in charge of actually seeing the telemetry returns and the radar returns that we get from the vehicle in flight, and if it's going too far off course, then it could be a hazard to the general public and they're in charge of uh, destroying the vehicle in flight, just in case.
1: Right, right, worst case scenario, but it's uh, good to have that fail safe in there just exactly. to preserve life. You know, we spent some time yesterday talking to like Debt 3 and those folks, and all they all they focus on is preserving life and, you know, worst case scenario. It's so weird for a job to be so focused on worst case scenario, but that that's, you know, uh, that's one of the big things that they do there. Um, now you're going to be leading uh, this GPS three launch, right, coming up. Um, what what's what's what what is your your mission look like? What's your what's the big thing that you're kind of focused on? How's this different than maybe some other launches, possibly? So,
0: this will be my first mission as a range operations commander. Uh, previously, I was a range control officer. So their main um, Section that they pay attention to is all the range instrumentation. So the radars, the telemetry units, the range safety systems, the communications, just anything with hardware that belongs to the range. The range control officer is in charge of monitoring and determining if we're still able to meet our safety requirements and actually track the vehicle. So then you also have the mission flight control officer that is in charge of making sure the flight is safe for everybody involved. And then the Other third piece of the puzzle is the rocket, uh, themselves, and they're in charge of synthesizing all of the range crew members and all of their efforts in order to make sure everything is good to go and on time and, uh, coordinated with ULA and the... Or really any launch agency and range user. A couple moving parts here. A lot of moving parts. That's exhausting. <laughs> it's a little stressful.
1: Yeah, not bad for a 25-year-old. I think of, like, what I was doing at 25 wasn't, like, you know, providing safety to thousands and running <laughs> million dollar programs.
0: Yeah, if you had told me that I'd be doing a job like this right out of but college i probably would have laughed in your face and walked away <laughs> like me <laughs> really
1: <laughs> nice nice so t- t- tell us a little bit about what's going on here with when it comes to uh launch what 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 are your specific roles here what, what, what are the things you've seen that are just uh you know maybe uh noteworthy or historic um that are, that's going on here
2: So as far as the vehicle itself, processing-wise, a lot of it is uh, working with ULA on the testing that we're doing. So when we get rocket pieces in, of course, it's all got to be assembled. Um, It's got to be put on the launch stand, uh, and then a lot of testing goes into it. We test the rocket up as it is now, making sure everything's communicating. We call that CST. And then whenever we put the spacecraft on top, which will happen next week sometime, uh, we call that uh, integrated systems test. Uh, so we go through and make sure that the rocket's all communicating, everything's talking to each other. All the flight termination systems are, are communicating properly that way when the rock does send the signal, right. you know, or, you know, whoever, uh, it does communicate properly. Uh, then as we go through and get to launch day, Everything is about getting the rocket ready, fueling the rocket with its cryofuels, okay. which takes a significant amount of time. Something is going to happen. Yep. Something's going to go Something wrong. Something always happens. And you don't know what it's going to be, but you just got
1: to be ready for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that could even be simple things like weather. All right. I mean, like uh, it's uh, we're sitting here. It's a nice day. But last, yesterday for like 20 minutes, it was uh, like Noah's flood going on. Okay. So, in Florida
2: in the summer. Yeah. You're going to have issues with weather. Yeah. So. Uh, that is always a factor uh, as we're as we're going through and doing things.
1: So talk to me about a little bit about like the critical phases here. Like uh, I know uh, like, it shows up. The rocket shows up from uh, what I guess uh, is it, or, Decatur. from Decatur. Yeah. From what, Alabama. Is that um, what are the critical ph- phases to get to? I guess we're in and then, like where are we now? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, the phases following on.
2: Okay. So, uh, yeah, when the rocket first shows up, it shows up in its pieces. So we could have the first stage sh- show up separate from the second stage, uh, and then the SRBs
1: also show up separately. Uh, SRBs being?
2: Solid rocket boosters, sorry. The,
1: the two that are yeah, I mean, the two I, white I, things I, that I are on the co- side. I, of course, no, but it's yeah. for our audience. I do apologize. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so we'll,
2: we'll have every component show up separately uh, to include the GPS spacecraft. Uh, and then what we do is we start processing the vehicles usually in the horizontal fashion the second stage will get put vertical get all of its testing done and then it'll go back horizontal and we'll put the first and second stage together Mm -hmm. then we'll bring it out to the pad and they'll lift it vertical how how long does that i mean does so it can vary okay so we've got right now our next mission we've already got it sitting over in the horizontal integration facility right now okay and it's not going to launch until june or july of next year wow uh sometimes we can have components show up uh, within a couple months of you know it, their launch. So it's it kind of varies, especially the spacecraft doesn't usually get here very, for very long, but okay. um, the first and second stage will usually be out here for a while for Delta. Um, as they begin processing and, and put it up on the pad, that's when things start ramping up, uh, getting a little bit quicker. And so once you get the first and second stage together in vertical on the pad, then you can start strapping on the solid rocket boosters.
1: Is it I'm sorry. So, sorry, like, uh, all that stuff is it pretty much like um, you got? Yeah, almost have it down to a science. It's not like it's it's like everything oh, yeah. happens, falls into place. Or? Yeah, ULA is great with
2: it. You know, um, especially adjusting on the fly with any little, you know, nit differences, weather impacts. You know, a lot of a lot of times, you know, have to run early shifts just to avoid that afternoon shower,
1: uh, as you're trying to do a lot of these ops outside. But are you saying that because there's security person standing right over here right now, or no? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I keep going. Yeah. No. So uh, once we get the
2: the rocket vertical and we've got everything attached, uh, we'll begin to do further on testing, uh, working with hydraulics, working with pneumatics, making sure that uh, we don't have any leaks, that everything in the vehicle is uh, properly sealed and communicating together. And then once the rocket's uh, good to go, then we'll throw on the encapsulated assembly, which has the space vehicle in it. Okay. And basically that's just GPS sitting on a fairing connection with the encapsulated fairing around it
1: is that up there right now? It is not up there right now. Okay, that's so actually that's... over at Astrotech. Is that the one? is that does that happen usually like a day out, a week out? Uh, do we even talk about that kind of stuff? Or... Uh, it
2: really kind of depends again on the launch window. Uh, okay. In this case, it'll happen about a few weeks out. Okay, uh, for GPS, and that's just to kind of give you some margin. Sometimes we'll cut that margin down, and, and you know we'll be real tight. Sure. Usually for Delta, we try to do it at least a couple weeks out,
1: right on. Um,
2: just because again something's going to go wrong, <laughs> uh, but uh, usually it's uh, all manageable. But you. Try try not to put the spacecraft up there too early.
1: Okay, okay,
2: cool. So then um, after all that processing, you know, you got everything buttoned up, uh, they'll actually roll that uh, structure 300 feet back and it will, it's actually incredible to see it move. It Watch never it moves when it's move. supposed to, but it does move. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll uh, they actually uh, start fueling the rocket about four and a half hours before launch. So we'll come in about eight and a half hours prior, start doing all, you know, final day testing, making sure everything's good to go. The um, range is in, uh, you know, we're all communicating, uh, ULA is running all the tests, uh, we're sitting watching all, all the data come in, we're making sure that pressures are within tolerance, that all temperatures and everything like that are good to go, and then we'll get down towards the final count once it's all fueled up and
1: you ready to watch her burn? So we're, we're nice. So where are you, like, uh, where are you sitting? Where are you sitting? Like, uh, is it? What's the room like? Uh, you guys sitting together? Is it like all the big decision makers, or are you guys? Do you have different like uh, ops centers? What, what's that like?
2: There's several different centers. So ULA has their launch control center. Um, we have we call the launch uh, LVLSE. Uh, launch vehicle, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's for our our ESCO. Sorry, I <laughs> can't remember all the acronyms, <laughs> we just run out of them. You know what
0: it is, though. <laughs> yeah, I know where it is. Uh, and then you guys sit down at the mock, right? Yeah, the uh, entire range crew sits down at the mock uh, towards the south end of base, and uh, that's where your are pretty much the entire range crew sits in like our giant mission control room. And then you also have the uh, weather team as well that sits down in the mock, as well as the scheduling team that what? is in charge of actually like approving any schedule requests
1: in the mock like uh what kind of things are you monitoring who's in there what kind of decisions are you having to make uh, uh are there certain phases
0: you make a decision or are you all like just straight up reactionary um, so there are a lot there are a few big milestones within the minus count for the range team uh the biggest uh some of the bigger ones are uh range hold fire checks so that's one of the bigger responsibilities of the ranges if something goes wrong then, uh, the range control officer, the mission flight control officer, and then, uh, OSM for pad safety. They all have the responsibility to stop the count, and kind of, uh, (laughs) delay launch, I guess. Um, and then, uh, reschedule. So, uh, yeah, have hold fire checks, uh, and then that can happen Uh, For the user, I believe the last time you can hold for a user issue Mm -hmm. or a range monitored user issue, I should say, is about T-minus 25 seconds. And then for this mission specifically, we call it TX, which is the last time any holds can be called. That's T-minus one second for this mission specifically. Um, So you have hold fire checks. You have a flight termination system open loop checks. So they're just ensuring that. The termination system on the vehicle and at the mock are working together and are uh, function, uh, fully mission-capable for the launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also have uh, the final clear-to-launch pole that the rock coordinates with the Launch Decision Authority, as well as the MD and the Chief of Safety mm-hmm. for the mission.
1: Let me ask you this. When it comes to, like, launch hold... Um are you, like, for this mission, are you the one who's making this decision? Or, like, is it, is it, like, is it like a 06 one star? Or is it like a first lieutenant? Is it like a group of, like, the Illumina, Illuminati? <laughs> How's this feeling going on here? Um, cause you, uh, the reason I ask is cause, like, you're watching these, uh, you know, we're in Colorado Springs and we're watching these, right. you know, and sometimes you're wondering, like, who's making this decision? God, like, you know, so I'm, I'm curious, how does that decision get made, you know?
0: So, for a, a hypothetical situation, let's say that. Um, we lose telemetry mm-hmm. coverage, which is a user and range mandatory item. So our range engineer is going to come over the nets and pull the uh, myself, the rock, the RCO, mm-hmm. as well as the MIFCO, or mission flight control officer. Okay. And they're going to tell us what's going on. Where uh, your RCO and your MIFCO are going to ha- are going to recognize that that's something that we absolutely need to meet our safety requirements, yeah. and they're responsible for any sort of quick response actions. So if the MIFCO, uh, since it'll be a range safety item, the MIFCO will be the one that flips or that will be responsible for holding. Wow. And, um, the MIFCO for this mission is a first lieutenant as well.
1: Have you had to make this decision before or any of like these kind of decisions to like, Hey, I'm going to me, 25 year old first lieutenant. I'm going to make the call to hold this multi-million dollar operation. Up. So
0: we actually came really close for, uh, Parker probe last year on the Delta okay. Heavy because we were getting some degraded uh, S band telemetry signals. Oh. Uh, luckily, it came through right around uh, 50 seconds, oh. t minus 50 seconds. Otherwise, we would have had to cool. stop the launch. Nice. And
1: like for the most part, like your leadership is just like, hey, you are the decision maker. Like like bow up, make the decision. Like, they they give you support. yeah. Kind of we kind have, of we, have dele-
0: <laughs> we have delegated authority and uh, training to. Make sure that we can do that. Nice.
1: All right. So, what would you say like the key highlights of what's going on here, like for GPS three, this upcoming mission? What would you say like are like the the big things that people uh, that you would tell your mom when you call her? You know, what what what's the big stuff?
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's GPS. It's a huge it's a huge name satellite. Um, the The coolest part is just knowing that we can have it very. Uh, involved part in getting such a important system up in orbit and then like obviously support the warfighter because like that's the that's the that's the intended mission but then also um i get to like route home on my smartphone or be able to use an atm because of the system that's going up
1: do do you consider yourself like a um uh, I mean, you talk about war fighting, and like it's so crazy how like war fighting—the def- that very definition has evolved. Uh, and what you, th- you what you used to think is like the the person like in the trenches, and now uh, you know if if a nation were to take away our GPS, take away our our ability to get money out of the bank, I mean, that that do you could do you consider what almost what you're doing here, like
0: war fighting. So, Spacelift as an enterprise is uh, largely. Uh, space warfighting support because we get the systems up on up in orbit so uh, a lot of times it's kind of easy to get in that mindset of this is a support mission but if it wasn't here then none of it would happen so uh, you kind of have to keep a really broad view of everything that's going on and know what part of the mission you're fulfilling.
1: Like One of the things like we, one of our more uh, recent episodes was with uh, the vice president of GPS from Lockheed Martin. And he's talking about how this thing is just uh, way more resilient when it comes to like jamming, hacking, all that stuff. Uh, you know, heaven forbid, you know, another country, want, if someone wants to, you know, t- take away our GPS, like things happen, not good things either. You know, like, you know, do, 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 how about, I mean, like, you know, what, what are your thoughts?
2: I mean, we definitely consider it supporting the warfighter. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, it's, it's not just our everyday life that it would affect. It would be, you know, everything, you know, military-wise as well. So it's, it's a big issue mm. um, as, <laughs> as we're going to have some visitors here pretty soon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so since we are, like, you know, uh, on scene, on location, one of the, the upsides is, you know, we don't necessarily have, like, fans running behind us with, like, Wisconsin flags and all that stuff, like, you know, game day. But we have uh, these big, big old vehicles, so hopefully they're just going to go by real quick like a Band-Aid. But, hey, where are they gonna just hang out? Is it gonna go? They're gonna oh, go. All right, right. Please there don't, they go. Please don't run me over, because that would, that would not be <laughs> cool. Once again, that's Hi. why I sat over
2: here on this yeah. side.
1: <laughs> Stay away from that. Oh, fans. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And that's the best joke I've ever told uh, on on the on the podcast, so glad y'all got to hear that. No. Um. Yeah. So you were saying like you do like this is a war fighting function.
2: Yeah. So um, basically just providing that all the tools that we can use, uh, anyone can use as far as everyday life. That's great. But then it is used downrange, um, no matter where you're at. Everybody has some part of GPS. It affects pretty much every part of our everyday life. So it's it's pretty cool to be able to help throw that up into orbit. So.
1: Yeah, I mean the fact that this is like what, um, you know, uh, the gener- you know, we're generation space, right? So the, the next generation, our kids' generation, all that stuff. I mean, they're going to be, you know, there's a good chance they may be, you know, maybe you know, dabbling in GPS three. You know, this might be supporting them in the function, you know, in their way of life. Uh, you think of all the updates they're able to do to the GPS uh, system on orbit. Uh, what we put up there now, it's just like my smartphone's always getting updated. You know, th- that system's always getting updated. That's pretty neat when you think about it like that. You know. Um, so I know we talked about a lot. Is there anything we haven't talked about that maybe you guys want to mention or maybe we ha- you just want to foot stomp again? You know, this is your op- this is your opportunity to say whatever you want. Yankees are going to take the World Series, you know, for example. Oh, uh, not at all. Oh. But I know my Indians aren't either, so
2: it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, um, I mean, it's just it's a pretty incredible mission that we get to do out here every day. You know, it's, it's one of those where working with ULA, uh, with the spacecraft uh, OEMs, you know, it's pretty awesome. It's never two things are the same, you know. So it's a it's a unique opportunity, especially you get to do it in sunny Florida. So uh, there are far worse places to work, far
1: worse jobs to do. So I'm pretty fortunate. Yeah, I think most of our space wings. There, uh, no offense to air, uh, Global Strike Command, but most of our Air Force bases are in like awesome locations. Rooms, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the worst one is like Colorado Springs. You know, <laughs> that's the only one that doesn't have a beach for the most part. You know, all our the, the other ones are you know destination vacation
0: destinations. It's yeah, not bad. Greenland. I'm gonna go there for my next vacation.
1: <laughs> that one, uh, yeah, it's a. Little, uh, we've we've been up there. Uh, yeah, north Northern Lights. You got that going for you. So that's something. <laughs> How about you? What would you say LT is uh... Hmm.
0: So I th- I think just to kind of reiterate, like, it's, a, it's definitely a cool time to be in space uh, as a entire sector, but Spacelift itself is also changing really rapidly. Um, and it's just really cool to kind of just be on the forefront of all those changes that are going to affect uh, the business, I say, colloquially, but um, all these changes that are going on that are going to be, uh, affecting people's lives in the broad scope for years to come.
1: Yeah. And it's pretty cool. Like, uh, yeah, the changes, uh, even just being like a space operator now versus, you know, back in the day, you know, we've had folks uh, who, you know, Oh six has been, come on the show and say, you know, uh, you know, we used to be like the last kid picked in dodgeball. Now we're the first kid, you know, like it's cool to be in space again, uh, and you guys are on the forefront of that. So, you know, Generation Space, but what? You know, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, thank you both for uh, taking time to be on the show. A little, a little, a little something for you. So uh, we don't have our cool sticker up right now or sign, but we have some Generation Space stickers. They're going to be getting ones that say crew G, uh Crew Member" on it in a little bit. So this is just a couple for you. Right, thank you. A couple for you. Uh, we thank can't you confirm nor deny the fact that these are now on the beach in Cocoa. So if you go to different places, <laughs> you will see them at the bars, pubs, <laughs> at other places that we've never been to um but yeah just throwing those out there so thanks for being on the show
0: thanks for having us
1: cool well that's it for uh this episode of generation space thanks for joining us sorry for a little bit of the delay i know we've had a couple uh you know a break in the shows uh but thanks for joining us but as we talk about gps3 so that's it thanks